25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I am your host, Jay Delsing. With me is my buddy, longtime friend, John Perlis. Perley, good morning. Good morning, Jay. We have formatted the show like a typical round of golf. So uh, this opening segment is called On the Range, and it's brought to you by 20 Minutes to Fitness. Uh, 20 Minutes to Fitness, just once a week, uh, and it works for me. Um, man, we got some great stuff to talk about today, Pearlie. We're going to have the second half of the Faraday interview, which you can't wait for, um, and hopefully you enjoyed the first half. Um, Valentino Dixon, we get to talk about him. Um, well, hell, let's just. We got a major this weekend. Yeah, we, we got, got a all major last, weekend. last week's Augusta stuff to talk about. We got a, a boatload. Yeah, so let's, let's just jump right in. Folks, on May 3rd, Valentino Dixon is coming to St. Louis. Um, I'm involved with this charity called Arts Unleashed. And um, if you've listened to the show, Valentino's story just knocked me out. It just knocked me out. The guy's been wrongly imprisoned for 27 years. Um, drew some golf art by accident almost when an, an, uh, an older inmate gave him a copy of a Golf Digest magazine. Anyway, long story short, Valentino, we have him coming to St. Louis. Um, it's going to be 6.30 to probably about 9 at the On God Arts Hotel. Go to Arts Unleashed website. Um, I think it's artunleashed.com. Or you can go to my website if, you, if you're interested in coming. But uh, he's going to bring his art. He's going to make a donation to the charity. And uh, I get to be out there and get to interview him and hang out with him, and um, I just can't wait. How long has this charity been going on for, Jay? Do you have any idea? Yeah, they. I, I'm new to this charity. Yeah, I know. And, you, you know, you know yeah. with my daughter Joe, who being such a prominent art artist and yep. love loving artist, is a, a a neat way for me to get involved. And yeah, they've been around about six years, I think, and um, really just bringing art education to underprivileged, just anything to do with art. And the folks that, that uh, want to learn more about it, want to draw more, want to have it in their life and just really can't afford it, they is, make it happen. Is Valentino going to speak? Has he got some of his art with him? Yeah, Tell he's, bring, he's, he's going to bring, bring a bunch of his art. He's actually going to donate one of his awesome. paintings to the charity. We get to auction it off. And... Um, He's going to have some other works there. You know, the On God Arts, you've been there. It's beautiful. It's absolutely it's a fun place. <laughs> it's just not a, my kind of thing. I never would have signed up for it. You told me about it. Your your friend told me about it. And so I'm thinking, fine, we're going to go to the Fox. We'll just walk across the street, which I absolutely loved. Yep, yep. And what an interesting place. You kind of have a smile on your face and your brain's cranking the whole time. And you really, well, I'm the same way. I mean, I can't even do stick figures justice. And these, there's so much great local art in there. There's great restaurants. Uh, the Grand Tavern, David Burke, you've got to get in there. It's really good. Food. The, the cocktails are, I know you guys had a little bit of nice what? wine, huh? What? I don't know. We'll talk about that later. And, um... It's just it's going to be a great event. So um, go to my website, uh, jdelsinggolf.com or artsunleashed.com to find out about uh, Valentino. Did you already talk in the show about uh, Valentino when he did had an art exhibit in New York? Did you already mention that? We did. We mentioned it. He did a sold out um, uh, exhibition at a New York gallery. So hopefully he made some more stuff really quick. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) He's um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've been speaking with his agent. She's uh, fantastic, and this has been a whirlwind life, if you can imagine. Now, yeah. You know, the story goes, his wife is Australian, ran out of her visa. They still can't connect because Valentino has a felony conviction for some sort of uh, weapon possession. So he's not allowed in Australia. She's not allowed back here because... You know, her visa's out, so it's just crazy. All this stuff, and then you mentioned he's got an agent when he yeah, said he's going to bring it. I'm like, I, I know. Why he, he goes from prison to an agent to he, whatever. He's also got commissioned uh, this week as Augusta, as you mentioned. He's commissioned as one of the lead artists at Augusta now. Wow. I mean, this is wow. just such a cool story. So, <laughs> and you're bringing him to St. Louis. I love yeah, it. I know. I can't wait. Uh, we're on the topic of Augusta. Yep. we got a lot to talk about. The Masters. Uh, how's the that for a transition? See? We're starting to get Look a little rhythm here. Look at that. Yeah, you know, in five years or so, we'll have this stuff down. <laughs> oh, no. Better be shorter than that, I know, baby. I know. Um, the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur Classic was held this week in Augusta. Uh, I watched a bit of it. Historical. I did, too. Yeah, really unfortunately, cool. I didn't watch. Did you watch the last five or six holes? Yes, I did. It just I, I amazing. I had to leave, and the lady was down what two shots. Yes. Came back and just smoked it at the end. It's, it's almost like a, a made-for-movie show. She's yeah. battling. Uh, we're talking about um, Jennifer Cupcho uh, is her yep. name, the yep. number one uh, woman amateur in the world. Was two shots down to this young lady from Spain. I think her last name is Fassi. Yes, uh, and. Um, Two real dynamic players. Both of them, by the way, have qualified for the LPGA tour, but decided to forego it for their last year of college. Really cool stuff. Smart, yep. smart Really decisions. smart stuff. So so basically, we'll put this thing in a nutshell. Jennifer Birdie plays the last five hole, six holes, five under par. Wow. Makes an eagle off that side hill lie on uh, – on 13, it's stuffed something in there about eight feet, some sort of fairway. Because she was struggling early, yeah. and she had that dreaded body posture, heads down, talking to herself, yep. slouching. Yep. And the announcers were talking about that, you know, because it was so evident you couldn't talk around that. And then to hear, I missed that part, unfortunately, to hear the way she rallied, that's awesome. Yeah, she she finishes off the day with a 20 foot birdie on 18, closing it off in style, and. Uh, yeah, just it, it's kind of a storybook um, written, but we're going to finish the David Parody part. Uh, the okay, give me a second. David we can't Parody. forget about this. We had drive, chip, and putt the day after the ladies. That's right. That was yesterday. Yep, and Jennifer was out there with Reed, uh, Reed Patrick Reed, who won last year. They were kind of dual doing this thing with oh, the, and, and, and watching the kids do that. For, well, I don't know, five, six years they've been doing it now. Just fantastic. And it's kind of fun, too, because some of the kids have been there several years. Right. It's a whole family affair. And brothers and sisters of these older kids are now coming up through the uh, through the system. And all of a sudden, they're making the 30-footers, and they're making the last two putts in a row. And to watch some of those 9- and 10-year-olds hitting these drives 200-plus yards, it's unbelievable really how good these swings are. Yeah, these kids, you, you see what TV and instruction has done. It's also similar, Pearl, to what we're seeing on the LPGA and the regular tour. Everybody kind of swings the same. Technically, they're so sound. And they showed so many instances oh. where these kids are taking their driver swing and they're off the ground. I don't remember no. any of that. Now, maybe no. the cameras couldn't pick that up in our day. Cameras? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what cameras? But I can't, I, I don't remember 
this jumping action. Right. And almost every one of these kids, after they swung, came down in a different place than they were standing yeah. when they started. So, so, Pearl, that's all about these these foot plates that people are, are, are training on now because they put a tour player on there and they're understanding how to leverage the swing the, to, to its maximum. And, you know, Justin Thomas is a perfect example. I don't know if he's got anything touching the ground at impact, maybe just a toe or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's great stuff. I wanted to just uh, also mention, folks, we have one of my favorite local um, amateurs. Uh, you an amateur now, bud? No, I'm you got, I thought you got your amateur status back. I'm <laughs> no, not sure why. But I, but I have, your, bro- your brother did. Yes. I have I have Dan Bummerberry uh, that we're going to. Uh, we often talked about, never yes. seen. I walked in the, in the uh, studio this morning, and I picked him out of a crowd. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love it. He is the cartoon character that we have described on the show so far. Uh, it's just going to be fantastic. So we're going to get to talk with, with Bummer after the Faraday interview on the uh, 19th hole. Um uh, we got a, a couple. We were talking about the LPGA Tour and women's golf. Let's stay there for a minute, um, guys. And um, two really cool things I've read uh, this past week that happened to two prominent U.S. players, Brittany Lincecum and um, Stacy Lewis, both on maternity leave. Stacy's had a baby and just about ready to come back, the way I understand it. But um, um, Brittany is not. She's just in the first stages of her pregnancy, and both of their top sponsors have agreed to pay them throughout the pregnancy. So, Pearl, most of these contracts have a minimum number of tournaments that you have to play in to kind of vest for your money. And the fact that these gals have been out and can't play that number, but they're still going to get paid is really cool. Big step, big step in the in the world of uh, women's golf. But now that they're doing that, and that's kind of got a, a spotlight on it, wouldn't that be part of the contracts from the beginning and the future so they don't have to make that decision because in some ways i mean you kind of think about it right uh it should be in there uh otherwise you know you made a deal you made a deal yeah 100%. so these people are going to the, this these companies what are the companies Jay, uh, the, the diamond resorts and cme are with Brittany lincecum and and uh, stacy is with kmpg so they're 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 breaking the contract to the player's benefit yeah to say the least right. so that's they're going a long way and and i i think just I know this is a heartfelt story. It's great, but I think from the practical standpoint, they need to start writing this stuff in uh, going forward to the. Yeah, I know. I mean, it would be it'd be great to see that. Yeah, right? I, I mean, would guess it's going to happen. Just, it just, right, and it, and it. I mean, in the in the normal workplace, you know, moms get, you know, pregnant and they get maternity leave, and some dads get off at yeah, the same time, dads, depending yeah. on who you are, where you are, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really cool stuff, and. Um, Want to try to give the LPGA its due whenever we can, and um, the women's golf, uh, great story. And we got to go to the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Talk about Corey Connor, twenty nine birdies. This is a guy who's. Now, wait a second, you keep saying that it's twenty nine birdies and, and an eagle. eagle. Yeah, There's, he's only playing seventy two holes, folks. <laughs> he's just birdieing. He's getting out of the car making birdies. He didn't count. He didn't count his Monday qualifying in those the, birdies. The Monday qualifier. So here's what it looks like to Monday qualify. You go out there's four spots on a Monday. At very often, not a very good golf course. Right. Sometimes there's two spots if you get a huge number of people that they can't get through on one golf course. The man we're going to talk to later in the day knows this. All good and well because Bummer qualified for 13 times on That's the Nike. Unbelievable. Now, I also want to hear from Bummer when he when he comes on. How many times did he try to get to that 13? First of all, I don't care if he tried 400. Yeah, right. 13 is a lot, and that's absolutely awesome. Now, I probably tried 13 and got zero. Yeah, right. Because so, right. I kind of felt I could try 400 and get zero, so right. that's why I made that decision. So, Corey Counter shows up in San Antonio. 
His clubs don't make it, so he gets no practice round. Uh, I think it's called Sentara where they were playing. Yeah, it was. No practice round. He goes out. He makes a 20-footer on the 18th hole to shoot five under par and get in a playoff. There's one spot left and six guys in the playoff. So it was a six-for-one playoff, and he birdies the first to get in. And he didn't let up. He, he, he fired a tournament record 20 under par. His last round was the biggest e-ticket Disney ride ever. His front 90 made one par. What did he make? Four bogeys a par, four birdies. Birdie four of his first five. Then yep. he goes out on the back nine and birdies 10, 11, and 12. And he said when he got finished, he goes, I don't even know what I shot on the back nine. It, <laughs> and you know what, Corey? It doesn't matter because they're handing you a massive check. And Plus, he'd and only gotten up you. and down one out of like nine times from the bunker at the beginning. Then he gets up and down in his last two bunker shots. He also said the key, and we've talked about this how many times, Bummer can speak to this too, he made that crucial par putt on 15, and it was like making two birdies. Yep. It was inc- it was incredible. So hats off to him. You know, it's not like he is a complete Cinderella story. He was 130th on the FedEx Cup last year. He can play. Had a really good year. The thing that I love about this, Pearl, I know this is dear to your heart, he's Canadian. And he's got the entire country of Canada pulling for him up there, and it's just fantastic. I ran into um, Brooks Henderson when we was doing the, when I did the Women's U.S. Open, and I said, I know you don't know me, but I have a lot of Canadian friends, and every single one of them is following you. And she's yeah. like, what? You know, so <laughs> yeah, anyway. she's wonderful, too. we got to talk yeah. about her sometime. Great stuff. Well, that's going to do it for the um, On the Range segment. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, come back for the front nine and the uh, David Faraday interview. Uh, this is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Doster, Olam, and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle, three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate, finance and restructuring, and succession planning. Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. I just wanted to let you know that USA Mortgage has lowered its rates this month. That's right. They've lowered their rates. We are keeping them down as long as we can to take advantage of the great real estate market this spring. Buyers are flooding the market. Values are going up. And USA Mortgage is ready to help you with you and your pre-approval, refi, or cash-out opportunity. We can help you eliminate your mortgage insurance, shorten your term, or pay off debt. Please call Joe Sheezer at 314-628-2015 to apply or get sound financial advice for your mortgage needs. Hurry while the rates are still low. You can apply online at usamortgage.com slash Joe Sheezer. That's S-C-H-I-E-S-Z-E-R. Or call him directly at 314-628-2015. NMLS number 231 one one eight.
Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can find Jay online at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay and John are here. Um, This segment is called The Front Nine. Uh, So reach out to us with your questions, comments. Request Jay at jdelsinggolf.com. That's J-A-Y at J-A-Y-D-E-L-S-I-N-G-G-O-L-F.com. And um, send us your question, comments, um, or anything. Before we get to our, I, I should say this, if we read your question or comment on, on the air, you get comp- complimented golf at uh, Gateway National, and that's provided to us by the Walters Golf Management folks. So before we read our email winner, let's go to Justin Hoagland, city manager at Golf Tech and fellow PGA professional for our tip this week. Today, Justin, we're going to talk a little bit about after the round of golf. This is a topic that's important to me as a coach to my students. And what I mean by post-round recovery is is first really taking the time to digest internally the areas that stood out to you that needed the most work. In other words, targeting your weaknesses and and then creating a a real plan and note-taking if you have to and work to at least make them mediocre to good from, from then on for future play. And what, really what that means is it, it means that, that we shouldn't shy away from uh, the things that you did wrong between rounds, particularly between a bad round and the, and the next round. So I always advocate confronting the issues head on so you can build confidence before you, you, know, before you play again, and, and that's a big key to developing as a player. And then secondly, Jay, you know, I always want to find, a, I always want to find some positive reinforcement after a round. You know, it's easy to it's easy to uh, complain about what you did bad, but uh, sometimes all it takes is a little bit of positive reinforcement that uh, uh, to turn things around. Okay, so Pearlie, can you read our email winner you this bet. week? You bet. Uh, this week is from Julie. Julie. Julie writes, "I'm having trouble playing almost any shots out of the rough, and this is a tough time of the year out of the rough." Jay, you've mentioned that in past shows. I'm not getting the ball up in the air at all. The ball just goes 10 to 20 yards in front of me. And then I'm doing it again. Can you help? Well, now, see, I edited out that she did say she liked the show, but you were giving me trouble about uh, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, gratuitously including. Of course, that she likes the week. show. Yeah. She's emailing you yeah, for crying right. out loud. Okay, so so Julie, that's a that's really one of the things I see amateurs mess up more than anything is is especially. I can almost predict, Julie, you're going to be quite a ways away from the green, and you're going to go into that thick lie with probably a three-wood or even a four-iron, some sort of really low-lofted iron because you're looking to try to get to maximize as much distance as you can, and you wind up doing the exact opposite. And the problem is that ball sitting down in the rough is not going to be conducive for those longer irons uh, to get out of there. Especially this time of year, Jay, yeah. right? when the rough's thick, thick heavy, wet. wet. Yeah, yep. no question. I mean, this is the toughest time of year. You've got to get in there with some loft, and you've got to change your angle of approach at this ball as it's sitting down. You're going to almost have to feel like you chop down on it, Julie, and try to get a lot of that ball first and not as much grass. 
And when I'm talking about how much loft, I don't know how powerful a player you are, but I'd be thinking going in there with the least amount of club is probably a seven iron, maybe a six iron if you're if you're extra power, powerful. But going in there with a fairway metal, it's just not going to get it done. Going in there with a hybrid, you're gonna you're never going to get out of there, and it's just going to frustrate you. And you're going to lose shots. You're giving you're giving away shots in this point. Plus, Jay, what does she need to be thinking of where she's trying to hit it? Back in the fairway, right? Get you're that get, thing back in the fairway. Especially with the fairway with the rough being so penal right now. Get out of the condition that you're in yep. and get you back to where you know. Okay, you may not still be able to reach the green in three, but you can save a shot or two by getting that thing out of that heavy, thick rough. So, uh, great stuff, Julie. Um, and thanks for the email. So now we have, let's go to the second half of our David Faraday interview. I hope you enjoy this. Well, I, I just, I, I'm not sure the listeners have any appreciation for how difficult the transition is for these men and women when they come back to the States. And um, I, I, I certainly didn't. I'll just speak for myself. And one of the things that is that struck me, David, every time that I've done these um these little events that are so fun and, and raise some money. The attitudes of these men and women are something we all could try to uh, aspire to. I, I, I mean, here's a uh, folks with no arms, no legs, maybe an eye taken out. Gosh, who the hell knows what sort of ridiculous kind of um, things have happened to them, and yet. I mean, they'd go back over in a heartbeat if the uh, government would let them. Oh, every every one of them. Uh, that's the most remarkable thing. You, you know, uh, I've got a, a retired Green Beret here. He's a great friend of mine in Dallas, John Wayne Walding. And I know that, that you've met John. Uh, he was a sniper and lost his leg below the knee in Afghanistan. Uh, he's just finished the, the Dallas Marathon, um, you know, on his prosthetic leg and, and he would go back he actually requalified as a sniper with one leg uh which is the i mean he's the only uh, person in the history of uh of our armed forces uh, to be able to do that but his wife convinced him that he needed to come out and uh you know he uh he would go back in a heartbeat uh, the guys miss it and there's an addictive thing uh, an adrenaline rush, you know, for our our special forces and in particular our special operators, you know, that it's not like they they enjoy getting shot at, but they kind of miss it, uh, and it's extremely difficult for them to transition uh, back into civilian life. Um, it's uh, you know I say to them uh, all the time, hey, you know, you, you're a great soldier, but you're a civilian, and uh, you know that they have to find. Uh, find something that is kind of halfway badass, uh, you know, to be able to do. And, and they also have to remain in contact. And that's what Battle Buddies is all about. You know, it's keeping these these young men and, and women in contact with the, the, the people uh, with whom they fought. And, uh, you know, the suicide rate is horrific uh, among uh, our retired armed, armed forces. And um, that's that's one of the reasons, you know, that they feel that they're no longer part of the team. They, you know, they maybe that they didn't complete their mission, and uh, you know, that's one of the things that we try to do um, in uh, in helping them transi- transition. You know, along with building, 
you know, houses that, uh, you know, they can move into after being in Walter Reed or, or Brook Army Medical Center, uh, you know, for a couple of years while they get their feet, uh, their legs back underneath them, uh, if they have any legs left, of course. And the, the other thing that amazes me is the sense of humor that, that they have. And I have to continually remind myself when I'm with them that though their attitude is, is so great and, uh, you know, the, the, they wake up every morning and that leg is still missing. You know, that face is still burned beyond recognition. And uh, I, I just have so much admiration for uh, their courage in, in dealing with it. And, and it makes me feel, you know, so insignificant in the great scheme of things and lucky, you know, to, to be protected by, by such people. Well, I know how significant it, it was for you to become a U.S. citizen, and it just all, the whole kind of picture makes so much more sense. Um, and for me, you know, never being around any sort of wartime, and, and uh, when I met Sergeant Major Tom Capel, um, I, I felt so non-patriotic. No, but everybody can uh, can do something to help. You know, I, I always think that everybody in America should pick one uh, sailor, soldier, airman, or marine, or coastie, uh, and and do something for them. Uh, you know, whether it's just having your child write a card, um, a note, or uh, you know, check up on them every now and then. You know, th- these are people that are, uh, you know, they uh, sign a check you know, up up to and, and past the value of their lives, you know, to ensure that we, uh, you know, have this, <coughs> excuse me, extraordinary country to live in, you know, and, and, and you know, they have our back when they're uh, downrange. You know, the, le- the least we can do for them is have their back when they come home. Yeah, totally agree, bud. Can you talk just briefly about the, the rifles that you're making for these guys and, and these men and women and, and uh, that story just a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, I, I was getting a few snipers uh, into the uh, foundation, and uh, it was actually John Wayne Walding who was going to go to a community college. And uh, I looked at him, uh, you know, a Silver Star Green Beret, and uh, he was he wanted to get into, you know, some sort of business, you know, with no acumen. And um, I said, that is such a bad idea. Uh, you know, I mean, you were bad in school. You're going to be bad in college. You've got to do something badass. He said, well, you know, what's that? And I said, well, you're a sniper. Why don't you learn how to build rifles? He said, well, how am I going to do that? I said, I don't know, but I'll find out. And I went down to our local gun shop here, and there's a, a, one of the founder members of the Gunsmiths Association of America, Dick Cook, um, worked there. And I asked Dick if he would teach John, you know, uh, how to be a gunsmith. And he said, absolutely. And, and both John and I went round to, you know, Dick's house and he has a workshop there. And we stood in front of his lathe and we watched. And I bought a lathe and, and uh, built a little workshop in my house. And John and I destroyed, I don't know how many barrels and actions, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to do it. And But we got good at it. And uh, we started a company called Five Toes Custom Gunworks and, uh, you know, making precision rifles. Uh, I, I blueprint 700 actions and, and uh, you know, make precision rifles out of uh, out of them, and I, I give them to uh, to wounded service members. Uh, it's it's the greatest thing. It's and I I, I shoot 
long distance targets, you know, anything I'd steal out to a mile. Um, I was lucky enough to have been taught how to do it by Chris Kyle, uh, you know, who, who lived here in the Dallas area and uh, he obviously was one of my heroes. Well, that's going to wrap up the front nine. Um, don't go anywhere because we're going to finish the Faraday interview on the back nine. Uh, you're going to hear a couple of messages from some of the great folks that sponsor Golf with Jay Delsing here at 101 ESPN. Well, that's going to wrap up the front nine. Um, don't go anywhere because we're going to finish the Faraday interview on the back nine. Uh, you're going to hear a couple of messages from some of the great folks that sponsor Golf with Jay Delsing here at 101 ESPN. Are you looking for a golf training facility and PGA pros to help you out? Year-round, make sure you get to Golf Tech. They've been in St. Louis since 2007 and have three convenient locations to serve you. They've got state-of-the-art video equipment, and you can take your lesson home with you and replay it as much as you'd like. Start with a golf swing evaluation for only $125 and let a Golf Tech coach customize a game plan for you. 314-721-GOLF. You can find them online as well, golftech.com-st. Louis. Play better. Swing better. Golf Tech. I got a big shout out and a thank you to Whitmore Country Club for supporting my golf show. I don't know if you know, Whitmore Country Club has 72 holes of golf. There's a 24-hour fitness center and has a extremely large pool complex. This is a family-friendly country club to belong to. There's a kids club in the main clubhouse right near the fitness center. There are golf leagues, skinned game Members, tournaments, couples, events are available all year long. If you join at Whitmore, you also get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And the cart fees are already included in that membership. There are no food or beverage minimums, no assessments. Go out and see my friend Bummer out in the clubhouse. He is an absolute jewel and a wonderful guy that will tell you all you need to know. Or you can call Whitmore at 636-926-9622. After 25 years on the PGA Tour, Jay Delson takes you behind the scenes from the eyes of a pro. Now back to more golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host. I got my favorite caddy and buddy here, John, with me. Um, and we are on the back nine and going right to the conclusion of the interview with David Faraday. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets you the most excited and gives you the most energy to, to, to keep going every day? Um, Adderall, generally. <laughs> um, that's a, a hugely important part of my life. I'm, I, you know, attention deficit and, and a depressive. Um, you know, I take a lot of, uh, uh, of psych drugs, I've spent some time in, in uh, mental institutions and, uh, you know, but, but what gets me, uh, you know, up and going is uh, the thought of going to work. Um, I, I love what, uh, what my job is. I, uh, I love what I do and I love the people uh, that I work with. So, uh, you know, if I'm at home for an extended period of time, you know, I, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 43 years. I've been in and around golf, you know, either in broadcasting or as a, as a, a tour player. Um, I tell people I get homesick, you know, I get sick of being at home and, uh, <laughs> as, as strange as it sounds, because I, I love being here. Uh, I, I love being at home, but there's only so much of it that I can take. 
it's just kind of part of the blood, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it, it gets in, into your system. David, do you have a uh, your favorite either golf or sports memory? Um, you know, and in, in terms of of my own career, um, there you know the Ryder Cup, uh, you know, was a highlight for me. Even though uh, you know I, I helped lose it, um, and uh, that was back when I was a European. I'm an American now, and I I support the American team, which is. Uh, it uh, it's not very popular with some of my uh, old uh, colleagues, but it pisses off Colin Montgomery, so it doesn't really bother me in the, uh, that much. Um, I uh, I captained the Irish side that won the uh, the Dunhill Cup in 1990, and that was at the time was really the three man uh, world team championship, and uh, it was at St Andrews. Um, uh, you know, so that was a, a, a a really high point, you know, for me. And uh, then, of course, you know, there, there's Tiger Woods. When I became a broadcaster, he turned pro about 10 minutes afterwards. So uh, I was assigned to his group so many times and saw, I don't know, of his 88 wins or, I don't know, 80 wins. Um, I probably saw 50 of them, uh, you know, so that, that was an amazing privilege. Yeah, the, the- Having Tiger come on the scene, you know, and having our careers somehow intersect even unusually or, or so uh, was really fortuitous. I, I I just loved watching him play. I just um, – you've had some incredible trials and tribulations and setbacks, and I know you lost your dear son not long ago. Um, what would you say yeah. would you be your biggest comeback, something that you – Oh, it's just so hard that people may not understand. Well, uh, you know, any time you lose a child, it, it's an unnatural thing. You know, you're meant to die before your children. But my my greatest uh, regret is, and, and I warned uh, all of my children that uh, they're they're uh, predisposed to uh, you know the condition I'm in. Uh, at the minute, you know, they're more likely to be a, an addict. They're more likely to be an alcoholic, you know, because of me. Uh, and, you know, I was, you know, because of my, my father. And, and is, it, it, it is a hereditary thing to a certain extent. You know, people have to examine their family history to to determine, you know, just, just how likely they are to, to be this way. And uh, Shay was just, you know, too much like me. Um but he didn't have uh, whatever it, whatever it is that I that I have, you know that that makes me able to deal with it. And uh, the, the only way that I can, uh, you know, find comfort is, is to try to be better, you know, myself for for my surviving children, and uh, to make sure that they, uh, you know, continue to be aware uh, of this. You know, you have you have one child, and you love them so much, and you're. You know, you you have a second child or a third child. And you wonder where does all that love come from, and it's amazing the propensity that we have to give that sort of love. And um, I can't imagine the feeling. You know, when you got the news about Shay, it had to be devastating. I I I, uh, I have this this one daughter. You know, I've got two stepsons, and and I had two sons. And I, my daughter will be 21 in uh, in June, and she is just 
the light uh, in, in in my life. She she she, she could be Miss World. Um, she's unbelievably beautiful and, and an incredible child. Uh, and I I just worry so much, um, you know about you know her life and and you know how she's going to turn out you know a lot. Uh, but uh, it, uh, I eventually, you know, come around to. Uh, I mean, you can't spend your life worrying. Uh, I, I worried about my golf game. I worried about, you know, the relationships that I have. You know, and I've got to the point in my life where I, I, I just don't do it anymore. You know, I, I live in the present. Uh, you know, we don't have the past, and, and the future hasn't happened yet. I'm, uh, I, I'm staying right here. And, uh, and enjoying my life, despite you know the the medicine that I have to take, and you know I, I tell people I don't suffer from depression; I, I live with it. And uh, you know that's just you know the way that I have to be. That'll do it for the back nine, and we are headed to the nineteenth hole after these messages. I hope you enjoyed that David Faraday interview. This is golf with Jay Delsing on one hundred and one ESPN. Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing. They've been around since 1973, and it's been family-owned and operated the entire way. Father Danny Capps started it all. Now sons Matt and Jared are fully involved. And at Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery, they host the area's largest selection of Lazy Boy and Flex Steel Furniture. Plus, you'll find a full-service Mohawk Color Center featuring carpet, hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. Everything is professionally installed at Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery, plus easy to Delivery and setup of new furniture, however and wherever you want it. They'll also haul away all of your old furniture. Can't beat that deal. Going the extra mile, that's what Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery is all about. Find them online, jerseyvillecarpetfurniture.net, or call them 618-639-9858. Most people think to get fit, you've got to be in the gym five days a week. Well, I used to think that too, but that was before I discovered 20 Minutes to Fitness. 20 Minutes to Fitness makes it possible to achieve in one 20-minute session a week what might require three hours or more a week at the gym. It reduces the time it takes to exercise by up to 90%. Their trainers can get you in shape no matter what your age or fitness level. They do it using special equipment and safe, medically-based approach. And all it takes is 20 minutes once a week. Honestly, 20 minutes once a week. Sound too good to be true? Your first session is free, so try it and see for yourself. They've got locations in Clayton and Chesterfield. To learn more, visit 20MinutesToFitness.com. 20 Minutes to Fitness. It's just 20 minutes just once a week, and it works for me. I just wanted to let you know that USA Mortgage has lowered its rates this month. That's right. They've lowered their rates. We are keeping them down as long as we can to take advantage of the great real estate market this spring. Buyers are flooding the market, values are going up, and USA Mortgage is ready to help you with you and your pre-approval, refi, or cash-out opportunity. We can help you eliminate your mortgage insurance, shorten your term, or pay off debt. Please call Joe Sheezer at 314 314- 628-2015 to apply or get sound financial advice for your mortgage needs. Hurry while the rates are still low. You can apply online at usamortgage.com slash Joe Sheezer. That's S-C-H-I-E-S-Z-E-R. Or call him directly at 314-628-2015. NMLS number 231118. 
You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can get involved in the show by emailing your questions and comments to jay at jdelsinggolf.com. Well, thanks for staying with us, uh, and welcome to the 19th hole. We just finished 18, 18 holes of golf, and um, this is a great part of the day, the 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I got my buddy John here with me, and how about that interview with David Faraday? You know, he's one of those guys that the more you know about him, the more you get to talk to him, and I, I've been fortunate to meet him a time or two with you. You just, I, I don't know, I just like him better, and better and better. I've always liked him, but I keep liking him better. Well, where, you know, where do you start with a guy like that? I mean, he's got so much. He's just got so much, so many positive things, so many crazy things, you know. But, I mean, the charity, the amount of money that he's raised with the, the Troops First, the the golf show. I mean, he's done 100. He's in his ninth season. He's done over 100 episodes. Those are milestones for actors all over the place. It's just mind-boggling with the amount of personal struggles he has to continue to function that way, and he's so open about it. And I think anywhere between when we see somebody do great, which he was Ryder Cupper, crash and burn with divorces and alcohol and drugs and all kinds of other issues, rise back up again. You know, we all all like those kinds of stories. But not just rise, rise to the next level and the next level between the charities that he's helping there. But it was beyond that, Jay, just some of those stories about when he's really – Involved in these guys' lives, helping the one, one gentleman, uh, the ex-sniper, uh, I believe, go and find a true calling. You know, I, I right. love, love this the guy. Says you're gonna, he says you're gonna suck at that, whatever, whatever job <laughs> you expect. Yeah. But I mean, that's a friend. That's somebody that that you know really is doing his thing. Because that guy could have you know pushed back and said, well, you know, no, I, that's what I want to do. And he said, no, you're gonna you're gonna be lousy at that. Let's right. find something for you. And then he he helped him find that. How cool! That's is, a huge, huge loving thing to do. How, exactly, and uh, that's great. It really is a loving thing to do, bro. What about making the rifles? That's what I mean. I mean, yeah, we're, we're I mean, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So, getting to hang out with those heroes, that rifle is like a brother to them. It is. I can't even relate. I can just try to tell you some of the words that they have told me and. And I'm, you know, just just kind of in awe because mm-hmm. I've never, you know, I like my golf clubs, kind of, you they know. Do they throw their rifles? I don't think so, but my, <laughs> maybe the rifles aren't as aerodynamic as my golf clubs well, are. Well, you, I'm not sure how they are either. Yeah, they're not built right. for that anyway. No, they're not built for that, but they do. Uh, I just t- love his honesty across yeah. the board, and I yeah. think that to me is what endears. And when the guy just almost talks, you can tell there's a lot of, Oh, uh, depth behind it. I'll right. put it that way. But the honesty—it's just—is kind of he kind of pierces right through it to kind of move on with life and appreciate that. Also, a little bit more on the fun side. More than once, he he acknowledged how important caddies are. I thought that was very important. I agree. I, I mean, I think it's I think it's fun. And you and I talked about this a little segue into future shows. I cannot wait to do our. We may do multiple shows on caddies. It is so much fun. Well, I want to know some of the stories. You have to know the guys that caddy for him. I want to know oh, some of the stories of those guys caddying for him. The things that they would be willing to tell. There, He has to have some unbelievable, his caddies have to have some great tales about him. So Rodney caddied for him for a long, long time. Going out to dinner, I had dinner with Sam Torrance and his caddy, Rodney, wow. and David Faraday. And, I mean, I didn't even eat. I, my mouth was so preoccupied with laughing and, and just and, and listening to what was going on. It was 
Oh, man, just really funny. And, you know, we didn't even talk about this, but he lost the Scottish Open trophy. I've heard, I, maybe it wasn't. I've heard that story yeah. before too. How, how it literally it's nobody not, stole oh, no, it. It's gone. It is not. It's not like <laughs> I won it. I lost it. Like I had to give it back. It's I won it and I can't find it. Now it's not the Claret Jug, but to the Scottish people, it kind of is or was. <laughs> right, right. And um, oh my gosh, it. Uh, I, I I start thinking about the British Open that I played over there and the Scottish Open when I played and and um, and. David hooked me up with a caddy and introduced me to Led Zeppelin's road manager, and I was like, "How does how, you can't make any of this stuff up?" Plus, Jay, one of the favorite uh, questions that you ask, which I think is kind of that part of the theme, is you know talking about their interest in golf and yeah. how it's affected his life. Uh, when Bummer comes on a little bit later this, uh, this morning, you're going to be asking kind of similar questions there. But I love that because it, it was he also talked about it relative to his talk show. And just saying that, hey, all the person really has to have is an interest in golf to come on his talk show. They don't have to be able to play worth a dang. I'm not even sure they have to be able to play. But they have to have an interest and understand that it's more than hitting a golf ball. Right. And you know what, Pearl? This just has to be said. The interview that I had with David, we both have such respect and such admiration for this game and what it's done for us and our families and our friends. I mean, you and I have bonded for a lifetime over this stuff. And Bummer's sitting here with us, too, and I can't wait to hear his take on it because his family, it's just in their DNA. And um, I guess other sports are like that as well, but, man, it just seems special. You know, this, and the, this, the fact that it's the, the sport of a lifetime that we're – you know, pushing our 60s and we still get to play. And, I'm and, sure other uh, sports are. I, th- I think you're right. Other sports are, but is it a sport of a lifetime? You know, uh, March Madness, you know, uh, was just happening. And and it's great. And you can see the dads up there. And there's some, you know, later in life leagues. But I don't think you can compare those to, to golf. You know, football right. players, that kind of stuff. They still have their fraternities of right. sorts, which are super important. Right. But I think those fraternities get together and they go play golf. Right. Oh, I think they do. And I think that's what I was going to mention. They're not going to go hang around and play football anymore. Yeah. Those guys can't take it. So, um, well, let's get let's get Bummer on here. Uh, Bummer, jump into this microphone. Guys, Dan Barry is joining us and you've heard me refer to him as Bummer. He is the assistant pro over at Whitmore Country Club, the title sponsor uh, of our show, which we appreciate. And, Bum, you've been there for six years, and welcome. Welcome on, man. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, i just been sitting listening to you, and it's, it's what you guys say is golf can be played forever. You know, I have a 99-year-old member that plays in every tournament, Um Heat, it doesn't matter. You can you can go out and play golf, and it's 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 fun to to be at a golf course to see a four year old kid out on the driving range and a ninety nine year old man, <clears throat> excuse me, on the uh, range together. I can see by the smile on your face telling that story. Yep. That drives you. That helps you. That motivates you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I grew up right down the street from Normandy Golf Course. My brothers worked at the course. I would walk up there, and they said, if you're going to be here, you're going to work. So I would pick the range with one one tube that held 12 balls, and in two weeks, the guy would give me 100 bucks, And, I, <laughs> you know, I was in seven, eight years old, and I said, Dad, I want to play golf. He says, there's clubs in the in the garage, and I, Good luck. <laughs> I started. I had a left-handed six iron and all the other clubs, and 
when it came to the six iron, I could hit it left-handed. <laughs> that is and, fantastic. Yeah, and people freak out over it, but that's that's how we grew up. You but know? that's the perfect way to start. Jay, you've got a similar background as far as caddying and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, caddying, I started with my mom's clubs. I had a three, five, seven, nine. They didn't match. <laughs> Were you going under the fence or over the fence where you used to play? Yeah, I'd go. Well, I started off going under, but I got pretty tall, so going over was much easier. And um, I stopped hiding it, too, you know, like I wasn't sneaking on. I'm just This is just the way I get in. But, um yeah, I mean, but first of all, let me t- let me just give just a brief background. I don't want to be disrespectful to the, how what a good quality player you are. In 1995 was probably your best year as an amateur. Anyway, you, know, you were Missouri Player of the Year. You lost in the finals of the Missouri Amateur. You lost a couple weeks later in the finals of the St. Louis District. But you also were the medalist for the USAM that year. You've been teaching golf since 2001, and you've got six professional wins. I mean, six professional wins and. Let's let's just jump into the qualifying on the Nike Tour. It's, Wait a second, back up a little bit. USM, where'd you play? Where'd you go? Uh, it was the hundredth anniversary, Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, that is a great track. Tiger's second win. Whenever I help a junior golfer, I'm always trying to put that bait in front of them. Somehow, some way, work hard enough to where you can play in the USGA event. Not many people get to, and it is a Event of a lifetime, isn't it? It's an honor, and it was the hundredth anniversary, and it was they did it right. And like you said, that is to me one of the neatest things I've ever done. And people don't realize that qualifying for a USGA event, there's no special invitations. <laughs> Everybody there except the the winner has to qualify for a USGA event. Bum, how old were you when you? What? Uh, twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Man, that's fantastic! Awesome. And that golf course, it was it was unreal. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't long. It was. Uh, they didn't water for. <laughs> you know the green's going to be hard and fast. Yes, they didn't know sure. that. I mean, I I I hit drives that were three sixty, three seventy, but they could also just run right out of the fairway into this <laughs> tall, cocoa grass, and it was it was it was. Probably the neatest thing I've ever done. That is, that's fantastic. I'm yeah. sorry, Jay. You started talking about the professional. No, no, but I didn't no, want that, no, no. That, that, that was the right thing way to a, do that. I was a little special, yep. special. No, it really is. Um, uh, gosh. So, all right. The USGA, I'm so glad you brought that up, Pearl. My mind's kind of skipping. But, so, Bum, you get out on tour. You've won six times um, around the country. But you qualified 13 times to get into WebDot Nike events. Tell the listeners, because we try to, to frame that, to give them a how, you know, Corey Conner just did it this past week in Texas, but give the listeners an idea how brutally hard that is. Well, you, you show up, and sometimes it's two golf courses because there's 400 players. Um, <laughs> for how many spots? For 12 spots on the Nike, but four on the tour. So I shot 63 up at Quad Cities. I was the first group off, so I went over to the golf course and messed around. Yep. Came back, and it was a seven-person playoff for one spot. 63. <laughs> there were three 62s. There you go. And, I mean, it's it's like. Impossible. You know, you got to shoot. Like, he shot five under to get in, and it was probably one of the hardest golf courses you got to play. Pl- I played a bum. It's extremely difficult. You know, it's not. You know, the course I played up in Quad Cities, you know, it's, it was a little easier. But when you shoot 63, you don't think four people are going to beat you. 
Ever. You know? No. And now it's, now it's, I, I couldn't even imagine what, what it's like now. So how many times did you qualify for uh, whatever it was, Nationwide, Nike? How many Nike, th- uh, 13 times. How many times approximately did you try to qualify? Well, I, I did it for five years, and I would play, I would probably do 12 to 13 a year, at least. So 60, 13. 13 times with 60 tries. That's, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good stuff. You know, relative to those... Uh, stats that are out there. I'd like to put that up yeah. out there. I'm I'm not sure that anybody's bettered that. Now there might be one or two, but that's got to be one of the all times. Well, there, that's a big deal. That's a lot a, of sixty threes, fours, and fives to even get it a chance. But the thing is, is you get you you work so hard to get in, where this kid carried it to a different step because right. you're you're wore out after trying to get in, and now you got to re. Re, sure. rewire yourself and he did it and it's it's just it's i mean there's only six i think six guys had done it since 1980 right yeah oh and oh you mean it have qualified in one and one right. oh yeah yeah five or six yeah that's that's a whole nother story yeah, yeah you know i mean to your point though because i've qualified playing some of the champions tour stuff i've probably qualified i played 10 times i think i probably qualified Six or seven of those times, it's easier number wise. But man, you're exhausted by the end by the it's time the tournament week. gets on. You know, you're you're in full full blown tournament mode on Monday, and then you got to go to a golf course that you've never seen and see a practice round. Then you got to play, you know, in a pro am or something like that. By the time the tournament starts, you're like, man, I I think yeah. I'm shot. It, it it's it's people don't get it. They, people don't realize how many great players are out there. Yeah, that's um, so. So, Bum, talk to us a little bit about your teachings, and, and this. Let's segue to that. We talked, to, and uh, Pearlie and I were just talking about Faraday and myself, and even John about what golf means to them, and what a incredible. And I hate the word blessing; it just gets overused all of the time. But just so fortunate, you know, to have it in my life. I know you got to feel something similar like that. I, your brother is a dear friend of mine. Your whole family has been in golf, and you know it's it still provides to this day for us. It is. It is. There was always someone there when I went to Normandy, and it was a private club, and I wasn't a private player. I was an employee, but there were there were ten to fifteen guys that, like Senator Lenahan, who people know around here, he bought me a set of pink clubs when I was thirteen. Wow. And I still got them. And, you know, I mean, there's there's 10 or 15 clubs that people gave me because I didn't have the clubs. And, you know, and I do the same thing now with kids. You know, the, the mom, oh, how much? And I go, here, you know. And to watch that kid walk away and smile is, is you, you, you can't describe the feeling, you know. To give back to what someone gave to all of us mm-hmm. is the most important thing with golf. Well, you're telling us earlier uh, the number of people that played even last weekend at Whitmore. How many people were out there? We had close to 700 for the weekend. So you got beginners, 99 year olds, 700 people in between. <laughs> yeah. that is and, and so you're seeing a lot of that kind of story people starting the well, game, trying to understand the game, and, and you're right in the thick of. Of helping that process. Correct. And it is like we had probably 25 families 
from 12 o'clock till 3 o'clock that went and played a family of two kids, three kids, parent, mom and dad, both of them, keying it off. And that's cool, you know. And what's even cooler is that nobody goes, what are those kids doing on the course? We want those kids on the course because... I mean, when you were younger, you couldn't get on the course before no. 12 o'clock. If right. you did, somebody snuck you out, and then you had to stop on 17, you know. Besides and, the fact that they are the future of the game. Yes. Oh, kind of everything that matters. We've all run into that from time to time. I was on a board years ago, and I can remember somebody came in to the board and was complaining about the, the kids. You know, people kind of nod listening to them, and I said, listen, No. Those kids can go play, in my opinion, anytime, anywhere. Yes, we have to teach them the etiquette. Yes, they have to take care of the golf course. Yes, they have to learn all those things because that's the darn game. But you're trying to limit a, a, a kid getting out on the golf course to some matter. Now, they can't get out and you know, play all the time, but they can putt. They can chip. They can drive. They can be in the pro shop learning from you. Yeah, that's what it's about, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the future. Yeah. I mean, I want them to go in 15, 20 years go. I want to join here. This is where, you know. Head Pro Dan gave me a set of clubs and yeah. taught me how to hit a, get the ball out of a bunker or something like that. The other thing, Bum, talk a little bit about girls and women playing. I mean, that's one of my desires is to open up those doors because, I mean, I grew up the same way you did. I was caddying. Somebody gave me a cl- some clubs. I didn't have a bag. I was playing whenever anybody would let me play, you know. And, and man, we want this, we want this game open. Well, I coach in Carnet Ward Girls uh, High School Golf, all-girls school over right at Normandy Golf Course. Yeah. And I don't cut girls I because I can teach them. Right. You know? And and, and, it, and it's now starting Tuesday. I have a, a nine-hole beginner's ladies clinic for five weeks. And just taking them out on the course and showing them – like like the, the the email question about being in the rough. Don't grab your three wood. Right. Get it out of trouble right. immediately. Grab right. an eight iron right. and, and, and angle your shoulders so it's going out, not going down the rough line. You know, stuff like that. And it's 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 neat that ladies can play now. We have ladies groups going off at eight o'clock. That's all changing now. Right. You know? Right. And it's you better better enjoy it. Because it's happening, right? And I mean, I think, and it should be. I mean, I I had Julie Inkster come up to to Norwood, and we had this. I played with two groups of ladies. Julie played in front of us, and we swapped after nine with. So we each played with each each group of of women, and it was fantastic. That was a huge success. What, what was yeah. that? The ladies mid am. The, the mid am. The U.S. Women's mid am so in, in September, and it was really fun. How about any uh, players? Do you have any players right now that you uh, see are real passionate about it, might take it a little bit further, maybe to high school or, or college possibly? I have. Well, right now I have a, a 14-year-old. Well, he's 15. Ian Blome, who's at CBC, a freshman, um, blows it past me by 50, 60 yards. Um, Harold Varner came out and played, and I said, Harold, would you mind playing with Ian? And Ian was 13 at the time. 30 yards past Harold. 30 yards. And wow. Harold's caddy, Ray, is Ray's out of Whitmore. Guy. Yeah, it's Australian. You know? yep. So he said, ain't no 13-year-old going to outdrive me. And I said, Harold, I believe he is. It's happening. And, yeah. and and these these kids, this kid is big and strong and 112, 113 club head speed. And 
loves the game, works at it, practices. And, I mean, that's right here. When you practice at the chipping and putting green, that's where that's where it all starts. And allowing them to do it makes makes all the all the difference in the world. And he can hit it long, and you can teach him how to play. That's yep. a good combination. Yeah, right and there. you know, and at the end of the day, it's all about the score. What did you shoot? You know, you go through those kind of growing pains with younger players. who are like, I hit a wedge into that par five. What'd you make? A six. Well, you know, it'd been better if you, you know, it'd have been better if you'd have knocked it on in three and made the putt for four. You'd have beat that score by two. But those are some of the cool, fun yeah. things that you get to teach them. Like it doesn't really, the style points don't really matter. No, like I have girls that go, "Did you see my drive on one?" I said, "Yeah." What'd you make? Seven. Yeah. And I go, "Good, good, good job." Oh man, bummer. Thank you so much for joining us. That's um, uh, and Pearly, thanks again for for uh, being here with me this morning. That's going to wrap up the show. That's going to wrap up the 19th hole. Um, you can write to us, jay at jdelsingolf.com. Uh, Brad Barnes, thanks so much for uh, being here today. Drew, thanks for uh, getting us uh, live streaming and um, get some uh, some video content. And, um, and we got through another show. Love it. Thanks, Bomber. Great to meet you. Great to meet you. Guys, thanks for having me, and have a great day. Spring is here. Hit him straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday from 7 to 8 for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.